At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am sitting here this beautiful May morning in my Los Angeles apartment and feeling very stoked and excited to release this episode that I did on Traver Bohm's podcast. Well, originally we did it in a live class. And so what you're going to be listening to is the uncivilized, unplugged live class from Traver Bohm. And there was like probably 40 people that joined this and we just jammed for an awesome hour on um, purity culture, sensuality, how to make art in triggered moments, and what we need as individuals and as couples in order to bring the devotion and generosity and love back into our relationships. This was such a fun time. I am really excited to share this with you. And also, Traver is going to be coming onto my podcast sometime within the next couple weeks. So keep your eyes out peeled and ready for that episode with Traver. But in the meantime, you're going to hear us get down into the nitty gritty of relationships and polarity and devotion and being consciousness and love and how do we do all of this in a modern day society. So before I hit play on that, how about we do a review of the week? It's been a bit of time since I've done one of those. So let's share one. This was from iTunes. It comes from sbay91 with five stars and she says, I always keep coming back. Maddie's insight and wisdom on the feminine and masculine has been so relevant to me in so many aspects of my personal growth and spiritual journey. I discovered the Mind Body Musings podcast in October 2018 and listened obsessively to new and old episodes for months. Maddie's work with the feminine and masculine always sneaks its way back into my life, showing me how truly relevant and significant this work is in all areas of personal and spiritual growth. I love that Maddie teaches not only by lecturing or giving us information, but she actually lives by what she teaches and models that for us on the podcast and other social media platforms. She's taught me that growth requires not just consuming information, but also practicing what I've learned. Oh yes, SBay91. That is so spot on. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful review and for actually living and embodying the practices and not just consuming and absorbing the information because really you you hit the nail on the head right there with that one. It takes practicing. I'm always saying that this work is a practice, like literally. Uh, it Literally, you have to keep practicing over and over and over until you die. It doesn't stop. You don't like finally reach relational enlightenment and if you do please tell me how because for me it is a everyday ritual of showing up to the mat of love bowing at the mat shaking my partner's hand and saying let's do this as many of you know I only work with uh, six clients one-on-one at a time And every once in a while, I'll pop on here to say, hey, I've got a spot open. So this month, uh, at the end of May and June, (laughs) I have a spot opening up for my one-on-one coaching. So if you would like to learn more about a mentorship with me, you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash coaching, and you can read some testimonials. You can read about how it works. These are really deep dives, and the kind of clients that I work with are those who are ready to embrace their unfelt feelings, to go deep into their relationships as a spiritual practice, are willing to be absolutely transparent with me and honest and open with themselves so that we can bring that to the forefront of this work and embody it and express it. And like, so you're going to meet your range with me. You're going to meet the parts of yourself that you were told were too much. You're going to meet your own masculine, your feminine, your sexuality. So if that sounds like something you're feeling called to do and embark into a quest like this, you can send me an email, hello at Maddie Moon, or you can go straight to the application on my coaching page on my website, fill that out, and I will get back to you with the next steps. All right, let's go listen to this awesome, fun chat with Traver 
on polarity, devotion, and healing the wounds that are keeping us at a distance from those we truly want to love and love well. And let's all, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, close your eyes, feet flat on the floor if you can, if you're not holding a baby. Perhaps one hand on your heart, one hand on your stomach. And just drop into your body. Just feel what wants to be felt just in this moment. See if in your next breath, if you can't drop your shoulders down, just 10% more. Relax the space between your eyes. Relax your jaw. Realize that you're safe. Acknowledge that you're safe. Beautiful. And feel the connection between your stomach, your power center, and your heart, your love center. Feel how these two areas want to collaborate and work together. And the power that happens when they do. And realize that you have access to all of this, all of this energy, all of this brilliance, all of this genius all this kindness, compassion, and empathy. It's just one breath away. Let's take one more breath together and blow it out. Rub your hands together. All right, gang. Welcome to Uncivilized Unplugged. I haven't done one of these in a long time, Adeline. I think it was early December since we did the last one. Uh, so a lot of new faces on, the, on here. For those of you who don't, who don't know me, my name is Trevor Bohm. I'm the founder of the Uncivilized Movement, the Uncivilized Nation, which is a beautiful exploding men's movement. The author of the book is Imagine You Can Guess, Man Uncivilized, and the host tonight. And when I came up with this idea, I really wanted it to feel like people were just kicking it in my living room and, and watching a very open, honest, hopefully hilarious conversation, not something super rigid, not something super structured. And we just let things kind of go where they go. Uh, this is sponsored by a good friend of mine named Joe Sheehy and his company Cured Nutrition. If anybody does jujitsu, I rub this all over my freaking neck every night. It's amazing. If you guys want to go to curednutrition.com forward slash uncivilized and then drop the code, guess what? uncivilized and you'll also get a discount. Joseph said, good buddy of mine. It's a great company. They give a dollar for every purchase to freeing anybody who's still in jail because of marijuana. And he said it. So that will be in perpetuity of the company that will happen forever. So let's rock and roll. Tonight's guest is someone who's relatively new to me, although I've binged the shit out of your work for a long time because it's absolutely it's this beautiful blend of brilliant and hilarious. And I'm not sure whether I should just be like falling on my, I can't believe she just fucking said that. And like, wow, that makes so much sense. Uh, so welcome Madeline Moon to the Uncivilized podcast or the Uncivilized Unplugged. This will be a podcast. Rather than me do some long, I hate it when people like read, like Traver is the founder of, I would love for you just to tell us or tell the audience or people that may not know you, like, what's inspiring you right now? What's bringing you, what's making you come alive? What's turning you on? Like what's got you lit up at the moment? Mm, what's really lighting me up at the moment? Um, well, I've been teaching and studying yogic intimacy for about five years now, and I absolutely adore it. It's everything to do with the feminine and the masculine. And I've recently started to um, move 
also in the direction of neo-tantra and actually mm-hmm. learning how to marry the techniques of feeling uh, your embodied self, either as a masculine pole or as a feminine pole or filling them both dance together with your actual sexuality and with, um, with combining, you know, in, in partnership or just with yourself. Like I've been really diving into how do I start to, I don't know. I don't love, maybe it's my own stuff that I have around like chakras and like talking about chakras, but like, it really is about using the chakras in your body to channel your root sexual energy all the way up to your crown. And like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's part of my own resistance. I have to break through that and be one of, one of those people. Cause the truth is I am one of those people. And the more I can lean into that, the more I can like receive the, the gifts that are there within that. So that's what I'm musing about. I've been going mm. deep into tantric studying and doing pl- pleasure practices on my own and, and right. like, and writing and, and yeah, it's been good. I love it. I love it. I think if you say the word chakra, but you're like chakra, then it's okay. <laughs> like if you kind of make fun of the ridiculousness of it. Uh, yeah. I spent four years in LA in Chinese medicine school and chakras and crystals and like, well, things were a thing that I was a fighter at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to use the C word. Uh, but, it, <laughs> but they exist, right? And they're beautifully powerful. Was this, I'm just going to throw you kind of a loaded question, but was this like the path you've always been on? Or was there a turning point where you were like the accountant or the, you know, like some other thing? Or was this always part of just who you are and how you identified? So I have been a coach since I was 20. Oh, wow. And I am 20. I'm so, so sorry if y'all hear the mowing. Can you hear oh, the good. mowing? It's okay. beautiful. All right, great. It's an orchestra in my ears. (laughs) It's so close to me. Um, um, So I've been a coach since I was 20 years old. And I, I I had a social media position for about seven months. That's the only thing I've had that was anything outside of being my own boss. And it was a startup. It was for a really wonderful team of, um, entrepreneurs and it was a plant-based protein company. And all I had to do was like send out product to people and ask for testimonials and then do their Instagram. But even that after a while, I was like, I need to do my own thing. So Mm -hmm. I've, I've been a coach for most of my working years and this work specifically, I feel like I've been doing this since I was a kid Mm, because I came from, I came, so I was raised in a, a very religious upbringing uh, conservative Baptist in Texas, but more so than that, because like that doesn't inherently mean that there was uh, repression. Some families could be doing religion and specifically Baptist Christianity in a very mm. loving way. But mm. my family was, it was just the, the, the textbook, um, psychological, emotional, spiritual abuse mm. through the funnel of Christianity. So mm purity culture. Like Mm. I I grew up in in the house of purity culture. Mm. And when I say that, I mean, uh, not so much of just like protect your flowers. Like some of that is like kind of lovely, but it was more like, if you, if you ruin your flower one day, a man's going to want to marry you and you're going to have to confess your sins to him on your Mm. knees. And then he's going to decide if he still wants to keep you. If you've been with anybody else. And, and that's like, I mean, I had to carry a laminated contract in my wallet about like modesty and like what it means and have all these tests for all my clothes, all the shows I watched. I had to sign contracts to God and wear a promise ring. And I didn't know that sex was something women, girls, all of us enjoyed. I thought it was only for a man's pleasure. And Mm. hopefully one day he'll welcome me in to a marriage if I'm good enough like it was yeah. so so sad and heartbreaking and even my first kiss was one of the most like traumatic experiences of my life because oh, my mom my found out and the measure of punishment I got afterwards mm. so when I say that I think I've been on this track since I was a kid I really have been because since I was a kid I remember like feeling good in my body and having that be um, seen as, I mean, sluttiness, it's just slut shaming is what Mm. purity culture is Mm -hmm. just like packaged up, uh, in a completely different way that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see when you're a kid and you're in it. But I knew I could feel in my body that there was something 
really holy mm. about being uh, in pleasure, but also being a woman. There was yeah. something really holy about this like immense capacity to feel sensitive mm. and be sensitive. That was such a, such a bad thing in my household. And then I think a lot of people can relate to this be, being man or women. Sure. It's very relatable. Yeah. It's so hard to hear that that was not my experience. And yet I know so many women and speak to so many women who have maybe not had the, that extreme, but it's still so pervasive in our culture. I was, I would love if you could just shed some light on where is it insidiously in the culture that we may not see it? And what was some of the process, not, you don't have to go, what was, or whatever you'd love to share about the process of disentangling from that because that shit is deep if we want to talk about a chakra like that shit is down in the bottom where you can't like just oh i'm just gonna write on a post-it note no more purity culture and you're off and you're good Mm -hmm. would you mind just sharing a bit about how you see it showing up in ways that it may not obviously be obviously showing up and and how you disentangled from it Mm. Yeah, that one's an interesting question. Um, the ways that it's it's still, you know, I'm just thinking of some surface level things of like um, the language we use around, especially women towards women, mm. like women towards women. I'm not like most girls. I get along better with guys. Mm. Like that to me is slut shaming. That is purity culture. Even if we don't see it that way of comparing or even like saying, um, don't worry, Uh, dating me is easy. I'm not like a crazy one or anything. Mm. Like all the ways that we talk about a flavor of the feminine that shows up that don't worry, I'm not that. Mm. Um, We're letting down our sisters and we're also letting down that part of ourselves that is 100% fucking that. We have that in us. It's so strong. (laughs) Our like inner fiery, like jealousy is so alive. Mm. And so is our sacred slut so alive so is our devotional housewife but so is our like like naughty lilith you know there's all these different flavors that we have as the feminine Mm -hmm. and the the words that we use around our 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 females our sisters um it needs to we need to take extra care around that and and like i said it feels like a slightly surface level level thing but it's not because it's almost I forget what I said the other day, but I said something like that, that was very like old, like, and I've never looked at it, but I made a comment around like rolling my eyes saying like, oh, she's one of those girls. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like that's so old. That's not mine. And um, that's one of the ways that I think it's really insidiously hiding. It doesn't mean we can't have judgments. Mm. Actually think judgment is really important. Sure. Uh, we don't become attached to our judgment or we don't hold our judgment mm. in our body as truth. We just observe our judgment and we can make calls and shots based off of that. Right. Cause we need that. Like that's part of our protection. Right. Um, and the path to unpacking that. Mm. Um, so um, Traver, you know this, but everyone else listening might not know this, that I used to be a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and I had, seven years of eating disorders and my I was so programmed to think that men were better than women Mm. uh I didn't know anything about the masculine and feminine yet which is like man better than woman Mm. and I spent all this time trying to create this physical armor on my body because I thought the more of a physical armor I had the less I would be able to intimately touch my emotional truth So if I can just build, 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 Mm. build, I will be desensitized. Mm. Thank God. Mm. Because the last thing I want to do is have these, you know, sitting on the bottom of the bathtub crying as the water rolls over my back, not knowing what to do with my feelings anymore. Right. And that what that needed to happen. Like we just need some of these things to happen. I needed to go through the bodybuilding armor breakdowns, all of that to get to this this one powerful moment where I, I, um, I had another like bathtub breakdown. <laughs> I, but it was the one, it was the one that was like, this 
like the, it's the feeling underneath all of this that's actually supposed to be so welcomed in. Mm-hmm. It's not the resistance to this feeling. Mm-hmm. And that was the cusp of it. And only after that moment of just starting with the feeling of the tenderness, the softness, the, the, the curvature of my body and embracing that, but also the curvature of life. Mm-hmm. Like, I had OCD because I couldn't handle the curvature of life. I had eating disorders because I couldn't handle the curvature of my body. Mm. And that embracing more of the softness was part one. And then I went down like the seven year path of seven years. So a long time of beginning to create pleasure just on my thigh and being okay with that for a day. And then staring into the eyes of someone else for a 30 minute practice and then just feeling them seeing me and being okay with that for a day Mm. and starting to touch my body a little more intimately and being okay with that. And then connecting breath to breath and everything was not sexual before it was sexual. Sure. And then I started finding myself deep in this path of like, "Hmm, if I can feel God rubbing oil on my body, can I also start to feel God as I'm having sex with myself or with other and let them see me, the part of me that is, you know, whatever I want to show through my eyes, lost, yeah. scared, uh, excited, um, like despair, mm. all the parts of myself that I was in during bodybuilding time, I was bodybuilding. So I didn't feel those parts. And now I take those mm. very parts and I put them in sex. Mm. Beautiful. That whole thing is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing so openly. Uh, as you know, I work primarily with men and there's a lot of men on this call and I, th- and a lot of men will listen to this afterwards. And what I think is so valuable for us is that we have no idea that this is the experience of so many women. Like it's, it's literally not, there is 0.0% understanding that that's even a possibility in my head, or it was at one point in my life. And so just these beautiful reminders of this is something a lot of guys are challenged with, but I'll say that I was exponentially challenged with it of realizing that someone else may have a different experience of life than Mm -hmm. I do. That was a, that was a tough day. Uh, (laughs) So so to hear this and just go, you guys, I hope you guys listening to this, especially hear and then feel that this is someone's experience and this is all the work that she's had to do and all of the uncoupling and, and untangling and un, unfucking uh, for lack of a better term, then perhaps if you're with a partner and are frustrated because they're a little more contracted than you'd like them to be because you're fucking ready to go, mm-hmm. uh, that you realize that yeah. there's so much that can be behind and it may not even be in a sexual experience, although that is the pinnacle of it. But just in a relational experience, Madeline, I think it's so important for all of us to realize that this is in the culture. Even if someone didn't come out of a, a more radical, I'm going to use the word radicalized or radical religious experience, like it's still in the damn culture. Mm-hmm. So thank you just for sharing it so so fluidly and openly. And it makes sense to, to be like, oh, the bodybuilding, gotcha. And mm-hmm. maybe it's not that. Maybe it's now it's business right? For a lot of women, or it's just that hard stance, or it's some other form of denial of the feeling. Uh, Cause I am. Yeah. Can I add one more thing? Please, please, please. Cause this is relative. It's happened recently to me. Um, I, so once you're with a woman, since we are a lot of men here, um, once you are with a woman who is willing to reveal to you or when your woman gives you that moment of re- revealing through her eyes, the part of you that's lost, she's letting go of everything that her body probably wants to do Mm -hmm. was taught to do was, was nearly forced to do most likely was forced to do Mm -hmm. through any kind of abuse that she's experienced or just living in this kind of um, modern society that makes sensitivity so unacceptable in so many different arenas, especially the family. Mm. So if she is brave enough to say, I'm going to feel even a fourth of the depth of what's actually true for me in this moment. Like that's step one. Wow. Step two, I'm going to show that to my partner. Mm. Um, Like this is for the feminine heart, like what deep surrendering will feel like. It feels like being so exposed and 
when your partner is making it a mission to continuously bring that to you as quickly as she can, because this is one of the things I teach is how women can reveal in real time what they feel about something. We'll talk about that of like how to make it artistic, but sometimes how she reveals something to you is actually going to be the part of her that is the little five-year-old girl. Mm. That is a brave thing to do. And I had, I had someone um, that I was in a, a brief love affair with mm. for a bit of time. Um, the way that we were fighting was um, the, the way I won't speak for him, but one of the things I think I can say is that his mechanism was a little more sharp at first and then going into softness. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys can relate to that of like, mm-hmm. and then go into the softness. Mm-hmm. But for me, what I think is really important for, for men to realize is that like that being able to go sharp and then go into the softness is kind of a privilege of being a man. Mm-hmm. Say more because about that, yeah. for a lot of women, like that sharpness can feel in our bodies. Like it's time to fight flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. And if there was a sharpness that came from daddy or from mommy caretaker, then as an adult, when they're going to feel that it's going to send something through the nervous system that says, Oh my God, love is about to be taken from me. Or this is why I can't be sensitive. Mm. And I'm not letting her off the hook for continuing to show up to the practice and and have her own masculine. And I'm not saying men don't know this too, but because the feminine and, and women who are primarily feminine beings have a, a mystery and a depth of sensitivity that's nearly like, you can't understand it. You're not supposed to like always understand it. It's right. such a mystery for a reason. Right. That's why the, the vulva is like inside. You can't see anything. You don't know unless you study, but it's like dark, mysterious. So is the moon, even though she glows, like where does she go? Like there's, and the sun is the, is the yang, is the the masculine, it's out there. You can see it. It's protruding. It's penetrating. Like it's clear. Whereas the feminine is not. And so when there's a sharpness followed by a, a relaxation from the masculine, we love that. We love that you can go back into the masculine, but the the practice for the men that I, I crave personally having a father that was very, Mm. like, was very challenging for me as a kid. I had no safe space really besides the shower of like crying alone mm-hmm. because my dad was very Aries, loud, fiery. There was no boundaries in my house. Mm-hmm. And my mother was the same, but narcissistic and abusive. Mm-hmm. So my body, and I think a lot of other women's bodies get really quite shocked from that first blast of rigidity. Mm-hmm. So my request for men listening to this is, is like taking those deep breaths when you are the most triggered and yes, thinking about how you can make art, but even those, those breaths that you take, that you pause before you have the reactive sharpness, how can you make the bridge from the moment of reactivity to that, that softness that you know you'll eventually get to? Mm. How do we just bridge that a little bit more? Mm. And women, we have our work to do too. That's just one of the things, since I've got y'all's attention. <laughs> it's a beautiful call to action. It really is. And it's a beautiful call to depth. I think having this background and framework though, so uh, vulnerably articulated mm. helps men when we go, when we, we want to know why. And I think when we do know why and go, okay, now it makes sense to me, even if it doesn't quote, make sense to me. Now I understand the position you're coming from. Then the willingness I've seen of so many men to actually do that work and do the shifting is quite profound. It's when it's, it's not there underneath the, the understanding isn't there underneath or the understanding that the feminine will always be the mystery. I think that is the single greatest, like, Oh, mm. that was a big day too. Like, Oh, this is why every major religion on the planet subjugates the shit out of you people. Oh, you have the thing that they're, Oh, gotcha. 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 Okay, cool. Uh, now what do I do? Right. Like it's, it's <laughs> just having the background of it is, is so helpful. So thank you for all of that. Mm. Madeline, what do you see? I, I'm, this is, I just threw my notes out. Uh, <laughs> what do you see as the challenge between the masculine and the feminine relationship of the, I want to use this word allowance of allowing you as the me as the masculine allowing you to have all of that depth and mystery and uh it's and change and you allowing me to have a process by which i'm most likely behind you in all of this development does that question make sense 
I think so. Maybe a little bit more. I how do I we as, how do we, how do I'm speaking heteronormatively for everybody. How do couples who are in the, on the path, doing work together in a conscious frame, allow for more of this soft interplay of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to feel into the fact that she is ever changing. She, there is depth and mystery to her that I will literally never understand because I can't conceptualize it. And then on her end, for her to almost inspire the work with a sense of patience, because I'm still really into deadlifting and punching people and guns. And like, I had just haven't been on this path as long, most likely. Mm-hmm. Is that a better way to put it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that comes up for me is, um, I mean, one of the most fundamental practices I ever did that changed everything for me is, I'm going to give a very practical practice here, actually, is to sit across from your partner and play some sort of really lovely, relaxing music and something kind of um, sanskrit mantras and just spend 30 minutes looking into the left eye of your partner and seeing God. Mm. And, and it, can I just jump in for people who are triggered by the word God? Because mm. perhaps they had a background similar to yours. Yeah, what's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. What's a, a couple other words we can The divine, my beloved. Okay. I don't personally like universe because it's so open-ended. And like, I imagine that like, like, to me, when I say God, God is my husband. I, I'm like my sexual partner. That's why it's so untriggered now. Cause like I associate God with like the bedroom and life and like we do everything <laughs> together. <laughs> we have sex together all the time. Um, but yes, I, I love saying my beloved as well, or the divine, the divine is very yummy. Um, and you can Thank say you. the universe to anyone who prefers that. Yeah. And you can say God, if that's your thing too. I don't and want people to God. think that we're like poo-pooing yeah. God. Yeah. 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 Um, so seeing the divine Mm. in the eyes of the other can always bring you back to this like level, um, also like person, you get some perspective from it too. Like this person in front of you comes in this neat suit, just so happens to come in this meat suit, just so happens to like these things, but this is the same piece of consciousness. And this person across you as the piece of consciousness in you myself mm. and in, and in the divine and in the person across the street. So the, I love, I love this man named Richard Rudd. He created something called the gene keys, which are just, just such an amazing, oh my gosh, I will tell you all about it later. So Sweet. great. Anyone listen, go dive into the gene keys. It's fabulous. But he, he speaks to this so eloquently of, you know, the, one of the the highest forms of love is when we can go past all that stuff of like, well, I'm growing and changing and I'm into Tantra and you're not. So I guess you won't be able to understand me on my level and like, I'll bear with you for a while, but I'm growing and you're not like we, we can move past all of that and go, just go full circle, like go all the way around to, to back where you are right now and go, Oh, the highest form of love is to arrive just as I am, just as you are in love beyond all that bullshit of what we're into. Cause we're literally on a rock in space right now. And that's a practice too. That's part of the seeing God or seeing the divine to the eyes is the practice of, I don't need you. I don't need you to do anything mm-hmm. for God to be, God to be into you. I don't need you to be into what I'm into, to be able to speak the same language. Mm. And it's an act of devotion to learn the language of your partner Mm. and put that before your language. How does your partner feel loved or feel the divine? How do they see the divine? Do they meditate by watching Bob Ross at the end of a long day? (laughs) (laughs) Can you see that and be like, Hey, I recognize that in you respect instead of saying <laughs> you got to do it this way. Right. Like, wow. What a beautiful practice that you get to, you get to have if you have that perspective of seeing that in them. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Right. Just the feeling of these words of, of devotion of the divine. It's gorgeous. It's, it's delicious. It's so different than 
any other relationship construct, I believe. Here's a super easy, heavily loaded question. How do we, as a culture, which feels like we are at a point where we have never struggled with relationship more than we have right now, how do we bring in the sacred, the conscious, the devotion into a culture that's literally swiping and sending dick pics? Mm-hmm. Like how do we reorient the culture to say, hey, there is, there you literally, there's, there's what every poem is written about is available to you. Mm. It's just not available in the way that you're doing it. So mm-hmm. please stop doing it and feel into this idea. How, how do we crack this as a culture, Madeline? Yeah. <clears throat> the number one word that comes up for me around this is, is generosity. Mm. Generosity. And, and there's two words, generosity, that's, that's, uh, A1 and uh, A2 is willingness, mm. willingness. So for generosity, we, like the work that I do is feeling a trigger inside. So for example, for me, my, my biggest wound is that I think everybody that gets close to me wants to control me. Mm. My biggest desire in relationship is to be claimed. Mm. <laughs> It's so hard because they look the same. It's so hard. It's so hard. This you are never at odds, ever, right? It's like oh, it's crazy. never, it's never at odds. And it's, I mean, it's it, and it's never a clear path of like, oh, I'm claimed. And maybe every once in a while, like normally in a, it's a very, it's a very specific moment where like. I might get choked a certain way in bed and I like it. And it's like, I'm claimed. But then after, like an hour after that, when they might say something in the kitchen that mm. feels like they don't want me to have the freedom I deserve to have as a woman, then I'm, I'm no longer claimed. You can no longer have access to me, you know? <laughs> and so this is what happens in our swiping culture from the littlest of things. We're not even getting to that level of like having fun taboo play in the bedroom. It's like sure. someone says a comment the wrong way and it's bye yeah. because they rubbed a trigger mm. like just in that specific way that makes us close off. Mm. So <clears throat> I'm not saying that every single person that's a, like a love interest on every app deserves your fullest expression, but what if? Like, what if you made that your practice that no matter who it is, you reveal the truth of your heart or you reveal your essence as a masculine being in the way that's, and as a feminine being in a way that's, you know, it doesn't have to be delightful. It can be like a raw or a kitty cat energy, but you reveal no matter what you're just, you're, you're committed to the revealing. Right. And you're generous with it. You're generous with revealing before you, you peace out. And I think if I know that if more couples, more people that were in the dating space approached all of dating as a literal practice, when you go on a date, you're going to the mat, mm-hmm. whether it's a yoga mat or jujitsu mat, you're going to the mat yeah. and you arrive at the hostess table waiting for your day. You're on the mat. Mm-hmm. How are you holding your body in a way that's transmitting? I'm open. I'm open, you know, and part of that is that you have to have done some of the really deep inner work of learning how to be open, sure. how to trust being open, make open safe again. Yeah. And for uh, the masculine, <clears throat> I'm present. Mm. I'm present. When you get to the hostess table, it's you're arriving with how do I hold my body in a way that I'm present, I'm here. And for the masculine, I imagine that a lot of a lot of what needs to be worked through to get to that place of that foundational work is I might be just pulling this out, but I feel like it's a lot of anger towards the feminine, mm. a lot of anger. There's a lot of a of repressed anger in the masculine. I imagine towards the feminine, which is why we have the kind of porn that we have. And we have the kind of violence that we have. There's a lot of mommy wounds that haven't been fully expressed in a safe container. Mm-hmm. And so that's why presence is so hard for so many men is like, they're looking all over the place because being fully present, holding that eye contact and being with a woman as she's 
talking in the way she's talking. Maybe it's high pitched and it's a little ungrounded. It makes them feel ungrounded. Mm -hmm. So learning how to drop in and be present with that kind of flavor of energy is such a gift to us. And so every time if we just go into these dates with that perspective of, okay, practice time, we, we can clear the resentment out because we're actually not trying to get anything. Like I got to get a relationship out of this one date and we're arriving to gift our energy, gifting our pre- tonight. I'm going to gift my presence to this woman I've never met, but I'm meeting her up for a bumble date. I'm going to just, I'm just going to give her as much love as I possibly can. I'm going to change her fucking life over this hour long happy hour sushi date or whatever. I'm just going to give her all the love or I'm going to give him all the energy. I'm going to give him my fullest expression. He doesn't have to earn it. I'm just going to give it to him. And if I don't like him after that, totally cool. But I, at least I gave it my all and I gave him something for this. Right. Beautiful. That would, that would change everything <laughs> Yeah. in every city. There's no good people, right? It, that would shift mm. that immediately. Before we dive into artful in- intimacy, I would love to go through the three stages of communication that yeah. we chatted about briefly, because I think that's a really good frame. Um, mm-hmm. While you take that breath, I will also say, because I have a male audience here, entitlement is what we need to work through, is a big piece of what we need to work through. And then two, self-sourcing so that if this person who you're on a date with says, I don't want to see you again, they haven't taken something from you. You are actually whole without her. So when I work with a lot of men, it's the like, you have the thing I want most, Madeline. You have control over if I get it or not, and you can take it away in any moment and crush me. And so when we have men who have done the work and are like, "I'm, I'm whole as fuck. I feel great. I'm on pitch. I'm on purpose. I have my mission. And I've, I've worked through a little bit of the mom trauma and Susie Johnson in third grade who, who like wouldn't kiss <laughs> me, which I'm all fucked up over a little bit still. I've worked through that. Then we actually get to go, oh, eye contact to eye contact, human to human. I will be perfectly okay if this doesn't work out. My life's amazing. I just wanted to drop that in there for the men. Mm. Mm. I love that. And that mm. energy is so magnetizing. Yeah, I hope so. Three stages of communication. All right. For those people who are unaware of what this is, you want to give a quick breakdown of what they are, and then we can perhaps chat about how we've used. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. Okay, so this originally comes from David Data, who wrote The Way of the Superior Man, and I've I really resonated with this part of his work and have, you know, from my reels, tried to make it my own and bring it to life in a, a kind of way. So the way that I describe it might not be perfectly on point to the way David describes it, but Beautiful. here's what the three stages mean to me. So the first stage is, is, is quite surface level and it is reactive. It's a bit, it's the way most people are, are inter, interacting together is um, when they feel triggered, there is a certain kind of a, re- a reaction that might be repressive. So they have a cold shoulder tactic. They withhold love, they manipulate. Mm -hmm. Um, by if I just am silent for a certain amount of time, then finally they'll get it. Even if they ask me if I'm okay, I'll just say I'm fine a million times, even though I'm not, Mm -hmm. or it could be very explosive. So it's, you always do this. It's Mm kind of in your face, but it can also happen on, on subtler levels. We, we first stage things by, um, you know, the other day I did a a little first stage thing on accident where someone wasn't texting me back the way that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then they felt that something was going on with me and asked me, are you upset? And I said, no, you're busy. I'll be here whenever you're, you're done. I'm not going anywhere. So it was a really nice message of like, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, but there was still something in there. Mm -hmm. If you're not giving me what I want, so I'm here, but I won't be texting you. And and it felt a little bit like I was trying to be respectful, but there was a hook within that being respectful. Mm-hmm. There was a withdrawal of my love. So mm-hmm. even as conscious people, we're still first staging all the time. We just mm-hmm. might be doing it in a little subtler ways. Spiritual bypassing is probably a big first stage one too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought much about that, but I'm going to think about that one. Love and light. So <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for this love and light. Peace out. <laughs> it's the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> Um, so then there's stage two, which is where everybody could use more work. Every, all of us at all times in our life can really use more stage two. This is what we learn in talk therapy, where we take turns. This is where we learn that beautiful format of when you said no to me, 
I felt sad, hurt, disappointed. I thought, does he even care what I want? How dare him? Ah, and I desire for you not to say no anymore. <laughs> you know, we can, we learn how to put words to the trigger. Mm-hmm. So this is great because it causes us to pause, slow down, take a breath. And when we have a bit of a format, a structure mm-hmm. to follow, we can stay in, it's masculine. It's a very masculine thing, which is great. We have that structure. So the feminine isn't like, you did, no, you did, no, you did, no, you did this, mm-hmm. which is what happens in fights. We just keep talking over and we get nowhere. It's, it's very feminine because it's chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so then when we bring in stage two, there's a masculine structure. And then the feminine is still there because we're expressing ourselves, but we're, we're letting it be married to structure. Right. But also that's not super hot. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never, I've never done a dialogue and been like, now let's jump into bed. I'm going to pounce on you. All of that, all of that, like erotic chi just goes down the drain. Like, great. We accomplished something. We understand something, but no eroticism. Yeah. We should like shake hands at the end of it. Like good talk. Exactly. Yeah. Shake hands, alpha, alpha, or like high five, which is Mm. very like Omega vibes. Uh, take a nap because we're both really tired by that point or stage three is where we find this beautiful way that we can reveal the truth we can reveal all those things basically that's in stage two in such a way that is a gift to our partner it's even a little bit of stage one but completely different so instead of like you always do this to me really targeted into your like I'm trying to make you suffer which is stage one there could be stage three which is you always do this to me and like I'm blasting it out and I'm like doing it through my heart and I'm I'm making a statement a stance and I'm doing it in the name of love Mm. and I'm doing it with with love that's Mm. the key if you're not connected to your heart stage one Mm. it's abuse yeah you are connected to your heart stage three it's art Right. And we can play with this. Okay. So let me make two other things very clear. Sure. Stage three is fabulous because it heals your own nervous system. Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't know that you're safe to express your, your fullest expression of anger and still be loved because every time you've done it, you've done it as punishment. And every time you've done it, you've done it outside of the context of a container. Mm-hmm. And every time you've done it, you've probably done it with a little bit of judgment. So your body doesn't know that this level of anger is safe. So awesome. Stage three is healing for you. It's medicine. Then also it is such a gift to your partner. And when I say gift, like I've, I've never sent a piece of art fully displaying how I feel about something to a partner in a video or real time that they didn't say afterwards, like, fuck. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Because it's, it's so like you're getting blasted with energy. And for the masculine, the masculine whose nervous system is denser, you're not as sensitive as a, I'm gonna use heteronormative. For men who are masculine primarily, you're much more dense in the nervous system. You need a lot of energy to really be like blasted open. Mm. You need a lot of energy to feel our heart. Mm. So to receive our fullest expression and us doing it through love and making art out of it, and being funny with it, such a gift and vice versa. Mm. We want to feel your art. We want to feel your King. We want to to away with your, your claiming abilities in a, in a heated moment. Like we want all of that. We just have to learn how to do this through tenderness and through the heart space. Brilliant. Everybody get that. That was gorgeous. And just to, just to have a, even if you, if you're still like muddy on, on some of the things she said, just to have a, a framework for, oh, wow, I, I can see, or I know times in my life when I spoke this way, I was reactive, I was angry, I was passive aggressive, I was all the things. And then I transitioned to, I feel X when you do Y, which is ownership, but she's right. Like it's a little dry. It's not the sexiest. Madeline, how do you suggest, and then we, your, your definition of the third was brilliant and beautiful. And I could see the like, you always, but it's like, how do we tell people? And I'm going to say more specifically men than women here. 
when you use these words, like it comes through your heart or it's mm -hmm. done with love. I know a lot of guys are like, I have zero fucking idea what you're talking about. So like, what do I do here? Like, do I like, like, do I hit it? Do I like, what, what, what how do I, how do I get into this place that is so foreign? And I've often also, I'd say often been shamed or abused for having feeling. So how do we sort of write that turn or even give guys listening, especially so that women can share with their men too, an avenue into their hearts through, with communication? Mm, mm, yeah. So I'm going to say this first one and you let me know if you think it resonates for sure. as being a, a masculine creature. Um, I think there's two different ways, but one of them I know which works really well for me is that I first connect to hmm, this isn't every time. This is what I've had to do for a long time before the art became really free because I've done a lot of the, the healing work and I think it will relate is that I've had to connect to my, my heartbreak. Mm. I really had to connect to my heartbrokenness and for a feminine being there's like it's just never ending like we're heartbroken all the time whether or not we really realize it because the feminines were always longing to be filled right. filled by consciousness right filled 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 it's never enough we can have the best intimacy of our entire lives and we're so like is there more like <laughs> Well, no. And that's part of, that's part of the territory that comes with female orgasm too. It, it gives right. us more life. Right. So we're just like so high on life, but it's also the way our bodies are like our bodies are made so that there's room for, for being filled. Yeah. And so it's no surprise that in our heart, we want to be filled. So I've connected to the part of me that is heartbroken mm. and in, in before I reveal my art, because the heartbroken part of me is the same part of me that wants to be an offering hmm. and to want, want closeness. Like there's no part of heartbrokenness that wants distance right. for an anxious attacher or an avoidant attacher. Sure. Heart, our heartbrokenness shows us how much we long to be close, hmm. we long to be intimate. And when you can touch the part of you that is it's like the depths like if you can just for a moment close, you mean you can close your eyes, mm. you can feel your heart. You can feel the place that is young and doesn't know better and is longing to be loved, loved with emotional safety, loved with physical safety, loved with promises, loved with devotion. The masculine really loves devotion, like to feel that, that they're serving a purpose in the relationship. So um, if you can connect with that part first, mm. I think your art's going to be beautiful, even if you're demonstrating anger, because anger is holy too, because sure. your anger isn't trying to get something or punish, punish. Yeah, which is huge. And the other thing is a little lighter. You're connecting with the part of you that is being of service. Mm. Like for the masculine, that's very important is, is being of service and guiding and directing and leading and bringing depth, all those yummy things. And there's going to be times where your feminine partner is letting go of her practice. She's like not even thinking about that. She's upset. And she may be saying things that are very fiery. She's going to feel like fire. And it might just be about the same thing. Like in this example, your feminine partner is upset about the same thing day, 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 day after day. Like it's just constantly the same thing and it's not serving her. Mm. And so you've given her times to just totally like talk it out the way she wants to talk it out. But you realize being the masculine in, in that moment, because she's got her own masculine, but in that moment, you've got more, you've got more of that charge and you can see her and you go, this is not serving her the venting. We need to have a container around it. Mm -hmm. You can hold space for her to give a full on temper tantrum. Cause you know that that's bringing her a medicine yeah. or you could say, Hey, I'm going to throw you over my shoulder and spank you for every time you've complained about this thing that you actually know is no big deal. Mm -hmm. If you do it one more time. 
and it's fun and it's spicy and it's playful. And then she might even smile a little bit and be like, you're going to spank me. You're going to spank me if I complain about this again. Okay. And you notice you free her. Now that doesn't work for every single woman, the spanking thing. It works for me. I love that kind of energy, but there's going to be different flavors for different women. Some women will like a different kind of like physical sensation. Like maybe you grab her hair a little bit. Maybe you tug on her shoulders. Maybe you actually do grab her and bend her over and spank her because she likes that kind of thing. Or maybe you do something very subtle and you joke in a certain way that brings, um, brings a levity to her body, like her physical body, you see every time you make this particular kind of joke opens her up. So for the masculine, it's like, you're looking past what your own, uh, I mean, really it's for both, but for men, how can you look past what it is that you identify as? So if you identify as the good guy, I'm the good guy, everyone loves me, then you're never going to be able to serve the part of her that wants to be taken by your, your like, you're like warrior part. And maybe you, you've attracted a woman that really needs to be nourished by the warrior. So there's a part of looking past what it is you identify as you being by and realizing, oh, she's going to be highly nourished from this flavor of me. How can I gift it to her in a way that's playful, even in a triggered moment? Mm, beautiful. That's a lot. I'm like letting it all kind of wash through and like, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Uh, it's so brilliant. When you said the word, like I connect with my heartbreak, I mm. thought I would connect with my humility. Mm. What is heartbreak if not, hu- hu- not humiliating, but it's the like, fuck, nobody gets out of life without this one. Some people will never be poor. Some people will never be short. Some people will never be bald. Everybody's going to be heartbroken mm-hmm. at some point. And I think that's a really deep place for men to connect, to then see their partner as beyond themselves, as you said, like we get to then look through our own shit and be like, oh, actually this is what she needs. And perhaps be sensitive to picking up on the idea of like, if I can just get that corner of her mouth to, to flick up, then, we, then we're past this. We're into a different frame. It's, it's so magical. Madeline, for people who are like, okay, cool. I, I want, how do I do this third, third level thing? Like what's the, the easy start or like the, the first baby step of, okay, I'm in relationship. We've been doing the, like, we've moved past the first stage. We don't call each other bad names. We don't like poke and get mad at each other. We're, we're kind of stuck in the, like, I feel, you feel, and that makes me feel kind of blah dance. And I, and we want to move into something that's more artistic and playful and lighter. What's step one. Mm-hmm. So recognize your, your complaint in the relationship. Number one. Recognize your, what is the complaint? And it could be very small, like um, won't put a socks away or it can be super big. Like doesn't want to have a baby and I do. Mm. Like recognize your complaint, melt into the desire. What is the desire? I want to be heard around the sock thing. I want to be seen more deeply in love because it's never really about the thing. It's about fear around not being on the same page. It's about not being seen or not being ravished, not being claimed, not being feeling like your partner is devoted to you, really sees you. So then recognize, so you see, you just start with the surface, then you go deeper and like, what is my true desire here? And then like, literally you, you start brainstorming little tiny theatrical pieces. You can offer your partner around this one thing. So um, one of my teachers, his name's John Wineland, he, um, and David Data also calls it this, it's sacred theater. So mm-hmm. everything you see on my work is sacred theater. Right. How do we create some sacred pieces to do with the, the thing? So example, I had a, a coaching call the other day and this woman was talking about some of the fights that she was having with her partner. And she said, like, we, we have this new puppy and we're totally disagreeing on how to raise it. I want to be raising the dog with like a little more structure and going to classes and teaching him all the things. And then my partner just is like, whatever. And I was like, okay, so you have a, you have a complaint. We're, we're different in this. It's a big one. You have a desire. Let's train the dog. How can, she's a feminine practitioner. So how can you gift your desire free of charge? He doesn't need to do shit. 
You're just gifting it to him in a way that's also going to, two birds, one stone, nourish his masculine. Mm. So for him, if he's a masculine being, all you masculine people here, you want, typically you want a lot of energy and you want to be like, for a moment, you want to feel your burden in life is lightened. Like, remember why you're here. Instead of burden, 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 chore, responsibility, this, that, that, like that's, a, that's the masculine in all of us, mm. but primarily masculine beings primarily have that as a thing. So I just told her like, why don't you get a doggy collar or get, get like a, a BDSM collar and have like, just wear some black leotard and then just kind of run into the kitchen when he's eating a meal and tug on his pant leg and like try to drag him into the bedroom and be like, see, this is what happens when a dog's not trained and find your own, <laughs> find your own way to, to say it. But yeah, like play with it, make art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the single best piece of coaching advice I've ever heard in my life. God bless you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It's fun work. That's the best thing about it. It's like, Oh, it, op- it opened you. It opened everyone here. Everyone's open and smiling. It's like, that is so cool because there's a, there's a true moment of closure, not sure. getting what I want. Sure. And then you bring in your sex energy. Mm-hmm. You bring in your chi, you bring in your inner artist, and then you give your partner something to remember why he's here or why oh, she's here. Brilliant. 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 I hope everybody got that. And that was brainstorming ways to to bring light and fun and joy and laughter and humor and all of this back into the relationship space, which for so long was so goddamn serious and was just like, I need my trauma to talk to your trauma and our wounds have to blah, blah, blah. Like, holy shit. Uh, Yeah. Let's bring some fun back into this. I I could jam with you probably for the next Mm -hmm. six hours. I have five notes. I'm like, Ooh, that would be an entire talk. That would be an entire talk. I would, I do want to respect your time. And would love to ask you this one final question. And this is about you, Madeline. And I ask mm. this to everybody and it gets interesting mm. responses. If someone who's listening to this right now or listening to it afterwards in a podcast form could thank you in a way that would help you, gift you something. Help, mm. like we've had, I said, we, we had a, a, a woman say, like, I want to be speaking at this university. Does anybody know the president? And someone did that. And Leela Dilla was like, I want you all to not use single use plastics for a day. And that was hers. How can we as an audience uh, gift you back something right now or in the next mm. couple of weeks? What can That's we such do? a wonderful question. Thank I you. love this. Thank you for asking. It's really sweet. So I, I'm like, this is a big one. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I am so set on creating a, uh, I want a show. Like, I don't know where it's going to live. It's going to live on Hulu. It's going to live on Netflix. It's going to live somewhere, but I want to have a show that's about bringing this to like where people can access, like it's accessible to see on a screen, what polarity looks like kind of bringing the stuff I'm doing in these reels to a show slash some sort of polarity dating show. So I have some, some dreams around this. If anyone knows anybody who's a producer or interested in ideas or has any kind of connection in that world, I am a, I'm a writer. Like this is not my, my specialty of what I know. So if anyone has like, oh, I know someone who puts together really awesome ideas and brings them to life or can help with that, mm. I would love that connection. Beautiful. Uh, I'm not sure if I told you in the beginning, this is a, an elite audience. Uh, so mm. imagine that people here. Yep. We've already got a name in here. Guys, <laughs> a couple guys in the nation will, will know. So wow, we're on this Madeline. We're on it. How do people get more Madeline moon in their lives? Like, where do you hang out? Where can people hire you? Obviously a lot of people need to hire you. So people hire her. Uh, <laughs> where are you hanging out? Where, where can we find more about you? So the, the best place today is Instagram. Really it's, it's Madeline moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N moon. And my website is maddiemoon.com, two D's and a Y. And all my, I have a free gift there for an embodiment practice. I've got mm. 335 podcast episodes also up from Mind Body Musings. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, and I've got a couple courses there. And, and coaching, you can find that on my website too. There's a little coaching tab. So you can apply to work with me there. I work with uh, people for 10 session containers so we can go deep, but I will also do drop-ins if you just need a, like a, a tune up on something. 
Awesome. That's available too. And I imagine that's men, women, and couples yes. and yeah. everything in between. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Truly, thank you for just how you show up, what you're doing, how you're helping relationship, uh, how you're existing in the world, and mostly just for the permission that you're giving people. As I said, I think we're in this unique juxtaposition around relationship, and it takes people like you who are positioning it in a way that's so digestible and so fun and so engaging, but yet is really hitting people where they, they need to be hit. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. My it's pleasure. Such a pleasure, such an honor. Um, really? This has been so fun. Thank you everyone for joining. I haven't, uh, I haven't swiped through the gallery view because I get a little nervous when I see everyone's faces. <laughs> so I've kept it on Traver the whole time, but now I'm swiping through and I see all these beautiful people. There's so tons of amazing humans <laughs> on here. Yeah, make sure right. you do that at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, I have a work or a retreat coming up for all you men. Uh, myself, Dewey Freeman and Michael Gay, all here in Colorado. We're going we're gonna to rock some worlds. Dewey, if you don't know him, is a genius on attachment theory. Michael's a brilliant therapist, and I'm going to drop some primal and divine on you guys. So please head to manuncivilized.com forward slash the uncivilizing. If you haven't gotten your whole, a hold of my book, Madeline, I'm sending you one. Please go to manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. And if you're listening to this on the podcast afterwards, please help share this, you guys. If, if you learn for all of you on the audience, if you learn something, like share it, please don't keep this to ourselves, especially the guys. We're genius. They're like, got something, I'm keeping it. All the women will talk about it, but you, you guys share something and please share Madeline and share her work. Mm. Have a great rest of your night. Madeline, thank you again. I appreciate you. And mm. you. Cheers. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.